to Soulfulpreneur Talk Radio with your hosts, Rachel Archelaus and Megan Grandelmeyer. Merging spirituality and business on the Enlightenment Evolution Network. Hello, wonderful friends, and thank you so much for coming to another episode of Soulfulpreneur Radio. We are so delighted to have Jim Self as a guest today, and he'll be talking about his new book with Roxanne Burnett called Tools to Shift, Transform, and Ascend, A Course in Mastering Alchemy. Of course, I'm Rachel Archelaus, and we also have Megan Crandelmeyer here. We are just so eager to dive in. Um, Jim, this is a fantastic book, so filled to the brim with tools to help people really shift from where they are now to this conscious creator that we're all here to become. So I know we're eager to get started, but first, before we get into more of it, can you just help us understand more of what alchemy means and what your desire for the book is? Sure. Happy to do that. Nice to be here with both of you. Thank you. So mastering alchemy is in the higher dimensions, uh, a way of life. It's not so much about changing lead to gold and an alchemical way that people use that word alchemy. The, the Archangelics define it as the ability to change the frequencies of thought and, and alter the harmonics of matter and use the elements of love to create a desired result. Now, in simple terms, so if you translate that, <clears throat> you know what anger, rage, resentment feels like, and you know what happy laughter, fall on the ground laughing feels like. Two very different sets of frequencies. So altering the frequency of thought is really about how you begin to recognize that thoughts have impact and thoughts in a third dimensional reality where we typically walk around have the ability to draw an emotion to them or a feeling and many times that drawing of that emotion and feeling is unconscious and unintended so for example if something happens to you and it's, uh, you say, this really makes me angry. You, there's a distinction between I'm observing something and this is off balancing and I'm going to choose the word anger and the feeling that gets slammed into that word anger. It just happens in terms of how we have learned to navigate the world. We don't choose an emotion and a thought to both engage with the world around us. Changing the harmonics of matter is really very much similar. It can go all the way into creating lead from gold, but that's kind of in a different direction. So what if you could change the emotion that you have? That emotion has density. Thought has density. In the book, we talk about thoughts are electrical and emotions are magnetic. And that's really an enormous 
simple statement, but has profound impacts once it's understood. Thoughts, when you think thoughts and you're done thinking the thought, you ever ask yourself, where did the thought go I was just thinking when I'm done thinking the thought? It's not something people ask, but understanding how that thoughts like anger, rage, resentment are really heavy. They have density to them. Uh, you know, little babies and puppy dogs and laughter have very different density to those thoughts. So very much understanding how to manage your thoughts and your emotions. But then the application of the elements of love begin to be expressions of creation. And this word love is something humans don't understand when it begins to be a spiritual consideration. This word love is a force. It's hugely powerful. It doesn't have a sword attached to it. It doesn't strike things down but it has a capacity to bring into existence creation. And so when you begin to understand thoughts and emotions and vibrations, you begin to have a, an understanding of the application or the process of applying alchemy. That's awesome. You know, it's funny. It's, it can sound so esoteric and out there, but it's really about like, the, the tiniest part of every part of our day, right? Like this is actually how our lives change and how we become more present on earth. So I love that it's about every part of our experience, you know, higher dimensional here. It's, it's really fantastic. And that's what we need, right? Because it can feel so chaotic here at times. And and your book is just about participating in that shift of changing our focus and changing the way that we view our lives. So it's great. It's very, it's very simple. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculously simple, but it's not easy. And a lot of times in a lot of the lectures and conversations I have, I'll, I'll describe us as if we are a freight train at 90 miles an hour. And Jim's over here just saying, well, turn right. <laughs> well, just turn right. It is that simple. But the response is, no, you don't understand. I'm going to crash. And, and it's like, no, I can't do that. And, and I understand, just turn right. And so as one of the challenges is with religions and spirituality, <clears throat> as we have understood it in the from in our history, our I, I, I mean, you and me personally in our history, as we've been taught, as we've observed it, it is esoteric because there's lots of holes in the how does it work? Hmm. There's no explanation for lots of these miraculous things that, you know, the, the Sufis or the different masters do. But the reality is spirituality is... It, it's you use the applications of spirituality with every thought, with every breath, with every action you take. And so the purpose of teaching tools and teaching it in the format of a journey is really not about a truth. It simply is do this. What happened? Mm. You know, ground. What happened? Find the center of your head, observe through your eyes rather than 
being over there where you're looking at what happened. And as you begin to apply in, in the first part of the book is really tools that are all about how do I begin to define myself? And then from defining myself, how do I begin to observe the world around me without being the effect of the world around me? Mm -hmm. That's a huge step, and it's very simple, uh, but the motion that we are in, worrying about and protecting and identifying and hope they like me and running all these thoughts through how we do things really create a tremendous instability in our ability to be quiet and observe. Yeah. Well, you know, you do make it as easy as possible for people, I feel, because whenever I read your books, this happened to me a lot with your last book as well, I feel the energy coming forth and it really does a lot of the work for me. You know, all I, you, you talk about, this is not a mental process. This is about experience and participation. And I can feel that because as I go along and I use your tools every day, but with the book, it's like, there's this force coming at me that I can feel working on my behalf as well as me going and experiencing using the tools. So it's there's definitely a lot to this. It's more than just reading a book and using a tool once and having it affect that one time. It's really about completely rewiring us. Yeah, very, and, and it's, again, simple. So one of the things that we do, and we explain this, is we are constantly moving away from ourselves. It's like, what's that over there? And if you think about it, somebody points something out, and your eyes go there, but so do you. And there's a difference between looking at something and seeing something and going to the something. And we have a tendency to pay attention to the world around us. We go to the world for approval. We go to the world for guidance. We are constantly assessing ourselves based on what they out there think of me in here. And so we're constantly monitoring and observing and paying attention to out there. But when you start to play with these tools, um, in, and particularly the one tool, which is really one of the most important things you'll ever learn, is what we call this tool to discern, to delineate where I start and I stop. Now, right from the beginning, there is no start and stop point. But for the practical application, what we tell people is if you hold your arms straight out in front of you and then turn your palm towards yourself, approximately right there is the edge of your aura, that energy field that's around every organic thing. And it goes all the way around you. And if you were to put the tool, we use a rose as a point of delineation that is between you and is right on the edge and you stay on your side of the rose and allow Shakespeare's theater to be on the other side of the rose, a very different reality begins to set into your point of observation. It allows you to get calmer. It allows you to realize I don't have to be in reaction to everything that's going on out there. And from that point, things begin to change because 
I don't have to engage. I don't have to prove myself. I don't have to please that over there because to a great extent, it's mostly noise and pain and fear and motion. And it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And when that happens, people's lives really change. You know, you bring up the subject of we start questioning ourselves and do we really want to participate in, in certain things anymore? Are these institutions we grew up thinking were the only way? Is that really the only way to do it? And relationships change. And is that, do you think, separating ourselves from what we're viewing is like uh, the first part of of allowing ourselves to really see who we are? Well, you came here to experience yourself. That's why we all came here. And when we start, and so we are experiencing ourselves, but we're experiencing ourselves in a set of applications, a set of rules and structures that they told me is the truth. And I'm following what the mom, dad, teacher, minister said, because that's all I know. But in fact, that's not all you know. It's what you were told was how you get ahead, how you survive, how you fit in. And then what complicates it is the rational mind, the thinker of you, is structured in such a way that it is all about keeping you safe and having you fit in. And so when you start to realize, I don't like my environment, I don't like what they said, I don't like how this feels, I don't feel comfortable with all of these people that are playing that game. When you start to go inside and look for something different, one, there's no encyclopedia or dictionary to use, and two, you really have gotten so far away from yourself to begin to tune into that internal guidance system, which is what you just spoke about a few minutes ago, where you said, once I kind of find myself, there's a force. Well, there's a presence, there's energy, there's a, a, a knowing. And when you kind of sit back and say, gee, this really feels pretty good. What if I just lived from this space? Everything would change. But right there, the rational mind jumps in and says, what are you talking about? What are you thinking? You know, you, you, you can't do that. They may not like you if you like yourself. Yeah. Wow. Um, that really rings very true for me. And I've talked on past episodes of Soulfulpreneur, you know, what the last seven, eight years has been like for me in, in doing just that and tuning into myself for the first time and not listening so much to what I was told. And instead, you know, something felt out of alignment for me. Yes. And it was, and that's when I sought out, you know, working with Rachel. And, and that's when I realized, oh, goodness, like I have my own navigation system built right into me. Um, one of one of the things that happened on my journey, and I'd love um, for you to maybe talk a little bit about it. I noticed in your book, you know, you mentioned the experience of unconditional love, and that that's not really possible uh, in the third dimension, that that really is more of a like a fifth dimension type um, feeling and, and knowing. And I actually had a, an experience 
experience of unconditional love about a year and a half ago. It was in October of 2016. And I didn't know what was happening to me. And I actually felt like I was partially even out of my body. My adrenals were revved. It, it lasted about a week. Um, <clears throat> and, and what I realized I was feeling was true unconditional love and, and almost like this feeling of like, oh, this is what people who have NDEs describe as this love that is just, well, it's hard to explain it, but it's just unconditional. <laughs> <Stop right there. laughs> love that is just, there, yes. there's no added adverb or adjective or noun. Yeah. Or, it just is. It It's everything. And I, I'm curious, like I know, you know, my journey was, you know, has lots of facets to it. This experience of uncontrolled unconditional love happened to me it lasted about a week that I could feel it, feel it. And, and then it calmed down. Um, what's your feeling on something like that happening to a person? Is that part of this alchemy or an ascension process? Um, cause I can't say I can feel it in this present moment, like I did a year and a half ago, but yet now I know it exists. There, there are a couple of aspects of it. And so it is, um, you go through this process of recognizing yourself. And as that happens, the wiring begins to connect and you begin to remember yourself in that process. And a lot of times in that remembering, you are simply stepping into a conscious awareness that doesn't necessarily have words attached to it or is understandable in logical language explanation. And yet it's this feeling. Mm -hmm. And in, in some cases, people stop defining it in feeling because they don't understand the next level called sensation, which is where really everything lies. But feelings at that level, you begin to have this excitement in the body. And it is this awareness, but the body doesn't know exactly what to do with it. Mm -hmm. It's a new surge of energy that begins to flow through the body. And uh, some people panic around mm -hmm. it. Some people really allow it and, and get into the euphoria of it. And then it kind of goes away. And it really doesn't go away. You adapt. Mm -hmm. you step into that vibration but all of a sudden the body starts to function in that vibratory field without the adrenaline rush, without the high, without the just the wow that goes along with it. Although it is very accessible in that same formatting because the, let's just call it the adrenaline high and excitement, euphoria isn't there anymore. We just kind of drop back into the, well, I'm in the world. Mm-hmm. But it's very available to access. But if I'm still using my rational mind to get validation from the external world and I begin to drop back into what I know is how it works based on mom, dad, teacher, minister and my history, then we begin to just turn our attention away from that experience because it's it's not there like, uh, you, you know, think about you you have a couple of drinks and you're and you you you're happy from the not anything else you're just happy and then the next day comes and you're not happy this doesn't go away 
you do. We turn our attention away from it and mm -hmm. bring our attention back into what we are accustomed to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, so the book and the whole process of the course in Mastering Alchemy, which isn't just a book, it's a, it's a, it's a course that thousands of people participate in uh, right now. And it's about how do I begin to find that level of euphoria as a knowingness, as an application of the elements of love, as understanding how to change the frequencies of thought and matter and begin to vibrate at such a level that ultimately people in my presence just put down their guns because it doesn't make any sense, they say anymore. It's like, well, I don't know why I really did that. Because they step into the vibrational field you just described in a manner, and all of that noise and pain and fear all of a sudden don't make any sense. And we change. Absolutely. That That's a wonderful description of what I experienced and probably what lots of other people have experienced. So thank you so much for that. Um, and so what about relationship challenges? I mean, certainly that's been big for me because once you start raising your vibration, you have experiences like this, all of your relationships, close family, friends, they all start to shift. Um, they do. And, and are, are there things to learn from there? Or is that typical that just things have to fall away in order to, to continue your shift? Because sometimes that's hard. Oh, people. Look, relationship, <laughs> relationship is the hardest game on the planet, mm. is the most challenging game there is. And it's relationship to everything. You see, you came here to experience everything. But relationship is the toughest game. So let's put it in this context. You've had the experience somewhere in your life of having an absolute truth, and that's how it is, and there's no other truth, and then you find a new truth. Mm -hmm. You find the new truth, and a lot of times the new truth isn't some painful new truth. It's all of a sudden an aha. It's like, oh, wow, I never considered that. And then it's impossible to go back to your old truth. <laughs> So when you start playing in this aspect of your own personal evolution, and, and let's just use that definition of discernment and delineation of your aura for the purpose of this conversation. I'm on this side of the rose. I'm on my side of the edge of my aura. And everything out there is Shakespeare's theater on the other side to entertain me. And what happens when you start to re begin to find your own truths, when you begin to recognize, I like me, I can be pleased with myself, I have permission to start to know myself. And then, as we show you in the book, you begin to play with words. And words are really very big deal because it's the construct of how we basically understand and move around. But they're sound templates. A word is a sound vibration. And a sentence is a series of sound vibrations that create a picture, if you would. When you start to recognize that because of I live my life based on what they told me, and I, and I ask you, well, are you happy? Well, a lot of times, I mean, remarkably, people will say, 
I don't know what happy is. Mm. Or, and it could go on with words. But if I said to you, let's change that. Let me ask you, have you, do you know what the word, have you ever been certain? Or do you know what certainty is, for an example? And the person will say, oh, yeah, I know what certainty is. Well, that's a thought. But certainty is a feeling, not a thought. So if I said, all right, I got it. But close your eyes and take a breath. And would you let the body feel certain? Well, that's real different than the thought. And the body kind of sits up in the chair and you take a deeper breath. Your shoulders go back and there's this sense of yourself, certain. And then if I said capable or seniority or gracious, as you begin to feel those words, there is a definition of yourself. You begin to have a sense of, I like this. I like me. And when you begin to put those words together, as we point out in the book, as one of the exercises, as a triangle, be certain. And then now let me shift you to capable. And then now let me shift you to seniority. And so as an example, and you play with one word, then feel the other word, then feel the next word, and then put two of the words together, and then put three of the words together. And what you do is you begin to create a geometric platform in your consciousness, certain, capable, senior in my space. Doesn't mean old, it means this is who I am. When you feel words like that, you begin to vibrate in the natural alignment of who you are. And that truth begins to be something where you can't go back into being inadequate, being punished, being a victim, being subservient to. All of a sudden, you say, this is who I am. And I like who I am. And at that point, you stop playing the games in relationship with those who are imposing or taking advantage or controlling or not kind where you have so many of us spiritual people are we call ourselves healers and we don't like to rock the boat and we want to make everything nice and smooth well no not exactly because the flip side is i'm a victim to somebody else's imposition or i'm not standing up for myself or i'm being bullied and pushed around uh, but i'm a nice person i'm a healer all of a sudden, you start to get into these alignments, and you begin to recognize there is a strength, there is a presence, there is a powerfulness to you with no sword, and you begin to discern and say, no, I'm not going to play this game anymore. And at that point, you begin to disrupt those around you, because I'm not agreeing to the status quo of something that is imposing on my ability to know myself relationship. Yeah, I can really relate to this. Um, a while ago, I was feeling this with, with my romantic relationship and aligning to higher love and, and my personal truth and power. And, and it just didn't feel right for me anymore to have this label of monogamy. It's not that I didn't I mean, I didn't want to be with anyone else, but I, the rules associated with it, it felt limiting and it felt like I didn't have the right to do what was yeah. most beneficial for me in the moment, which really is my, you know, what I feel is my right as a being. So, 
yeah, it definitely disrupted my partner, but luckily he's wonderful and, and understood. And so, yeah, moving out of the idea of self-imposed rules and regulations and limitations has really happened in my life in a big way. And, and it does take a lot of understanding from those around you uh, to continue having relationships with people, but it's definitely doable. And I think the more aligned you are to your own truth, the easier it is for other people because they pick up on the fact that you're not, you don't have an ulterior motive. You're really just being honest. Well, it plays out in a number of ways because as you begin to be in a vibrational field of, let's say, certain, appreciative, quiet, uh, certain in your own space, not imposing on others, everybody that does not vibrate in those vibrations drop out of your life. And at the same time, you begin to attract others to you. See, really one of the most fundamental pieces of all this, and everybody says, oh, I know all about that, the law of attraction. Oh, I know all about that. But in fact, very few people know about the law of attraction. The law of attraction is flawless. And it says, what do you put your attention upon I, the universe who adores you, I will not second guess you. I will not get into your game plan. I will not change you. I will provide for you what you put your attention on. The only caveat to that is the universe doesn't understand English and French and Spanish very well. What the universe understands is your vibrational frequency. And so you can have this vibrational frequency of, oh, I want love and appreciation. And I, yeah, I, boy, I like what you're saying, Jim. I really want all those things. But how do you live your life? I live my life. I don't believe in myself. Uh, there isn't enough. I don't have enough. People don't appreciate me. Uh, I'm not sure about getting ahead. Uh, they told me I was stupid. Well, what's your vibration like? And the universe wakes up with you the next morning and says, oh, I see Jim loves that victim thing. I'll give him more of the same today. So it's not your affirmations and your good words that are spoken. It's really the space of what's inside you. What, how do you see and hold yourself? And see, this is where Mastering Alchemy is designed as a course. Would you like some tools to begin to, in present time, recognize that you're not a victim or you're not, you, you aren't stupid or you aren't a lot of things that they told you you were? Because it's always they who told you. See, it's the they is somebody who has a bad lifetime one moment and says, you're a stupid kid. I wish I never had you. Well, they, they were just having a bad day, but you just had a bad lifetime because in that moment, you make a decision. I'm not loved and there's something wrong with me. And so in simple terms, somebody hands you this gift. You're not an okay person and you on an energy level have a thought. This doesn't this. This isn't good. And then you drop into the emotional body immediately. This doesn't feel good. And yet you start to accept the gift. You say, what did I do? What's wrong with me? Where have I failed? 
And then you start saying it over and over and over, and it's like wrapping an electrical wire around the magnet. You create this huge magnetic field, and then you start asking the question for the rest of your life, what's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? When in fact, somebody had a bad day and dumped it on you, and we accepted it. As a little kid, we didn't know any different. But in fact, you cannot be not okay. It's impossible to be not okay. You can wear shoes that are too small and shirts that aren't the right color and are ratty and don't fit, but you can't be not okay. You can pretend, you can believe it for a little while, but how does it feel not being okay? Would you like to change that? Would you like a tool? Would you like a realignment of an understanding? Would you like to recognize that in present time, one of the understanding is what you think has happened to you in your past? No matter how hard you believe, this is what happened. I guarantee you, if you and I went into your deepest, darkest fear secret about what you did, how bad you are, and we walked around it one time, by the time we got back to the starting point, it is not what you think it was, and it can never be re-believed as it was, because it did not happen that way, 100% of the time. It really is true that it goes away. I mean, I've followed some of your processes for things like this before, and then when you're done, you you can't even remember it to like tell your friend what happened. <laughs> like, exactly. it's fascinating, yeah. Yeah. See, so all this is, is would you like another procedure? Would you like another, another part of the map to get from point A to point B? Uh, you don't have to take that one road every time that doesn't feel good. Would you like to get there by another part of the journey? Um, Jim, what do you think about, you know, when you, you have friends or people that you live with that, um, aren't as aware of these concepts as, you know, like you may be, um, I mean, I certainly don't think it's my job to wake anyone else up or whatever, but is there something we, we can do to help others, um, kind of find, find some of these tools? Cause a lot of people are really caught up in in staying in that victim mentality. Um, yes. So what happens is we pretty much stay where we are because we don't know how to get out of it. And um, it's not, it's, it's, it's our job to be uh, of service to others. But this, this experience is 100% about you. And, 100% about being in service to others. It's not a 50-50. And when you put both of those 100% together, it really gets pretty magical. Because when you stay on your side of the rose, when you are in a space where you like yourself, when you are begin to be understanding that I can observe the world out there without putting my finger in the light socket out there, and you begin to anchor those concepts and those experiences, those feelings, the sensations that are reality that I don't have to go to. 
what happens is in the process of liking yourself, you can begin to recognize more and more that the person that I love or the person that is in front of me to a great extent is in pain, even though they're reacting and throwing energy and angry, it's really their pain that's talking. They're fine. And so sometimes as we get deeper into the work, I'll say, you really sometimes have to watch somebody until they are at a place where they're, they're most vulnerable, absolutely they're most vulnerable. And then you reach out your hand and say, you know, can I give you a little information? Can I help you sit up? You know, what can I do for you in this context on your terms where you basically provide them something that is of value to them? And you, you, you don't beat them up. You basically, from the vibration you are holding, you just show them this is possible. You can like yourself also. And mm. it's that space that takes a maturity, a, a sense of responsibility, a sense of understanding yourself in order to be of service to somebody. Because if you just say, well, I see you need money here. Let me give you a hundred dollars. You're just enabling them to stay where they are. So it's a skill to basically be of service to others with the intention of one in one is three. How do I help you and myself get to a higher vibration? And, um, but see, one of the pieces of this is understanding that there is, and we talk about this, I think, in the book too, dimensions are not places. And dimensions are not even all physical. So, but in each one of the dimensions, there is a set of rules and structures. And in the third dimension, there are a number of characteristics that we just accept as truths and never challenge. For example, one of those is the concept of time. We believe in third dimension that time is linear, past, present, future, then you die. And that's all there is. There's nothing else. But in fact, time is an application. It's not a fixed construct. And also in third dimension, in, well, in third dimension, you have basically past and future. Very, very little of your attention is in present time in third dimension. Mostly we, I'm doing, my future is about what they told me. If I do these things, then I will be okay. Or... I had a terrible childhood, and I hope it never comes back to bite me in the butt again. And so in this third dimensional world that we play in, mom, dad, teacher, minister type of thing, we are constantly engaged in our past and our future. In third dimension, there is present time, but present time is a reactionary present time, meaning, oh, I hope this thing never bites me in the butt. Law of attraction says you must, re you put a lot of attention on that. So here, let me help you out. And tomorrow you step right into it. Once again, different size, shape, color, but same event. Have you ever had one of those happen? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you've learned this lesson. So, but right there, you're in present time. And it's like, oh my God, this isn't supposed to be happening. Present time. 
reactionary present time. <clears throat> In the third dimension, you do not have choice. There is no choice in the third dimension. Well, this is where people jump up and go, wait, I, I choose things all the time. You're in a third and fourth dimensional space simultaneously. Now you're in a fifth dimensional space too. But fourth dimension, the rules and structures are different. In the fourth dimension, you are in present time where we're talking right now. You're not thinking about yesterday or dinner tonight. We're right here. And in this right here moment, you have choice. You could say, well, Jim, I believe that, or, oh, that's a lot of bull. You have choice. But you also have something that is a huge piece of the experience here, and it's an odd word called paradox. And paradox means what was true just a minute ago may not be true right now, and what was false a minute ago may not be false. So in your third-dimensional reality where where he stole from me when I was young and he's always going to be bad and she is never going to change. Words like always and never are pretty rigid. There's no flexibility. But if you're in a fourth dimensional space and somebody knocks on your door and you open it, it's all of a sudden him or her from 10 years ago, you say, I remember who you are. Third dimensionally, you'd say, get off my porch and never come back, you're a terrible person. Or in this fourth and fifth dimensional space, you begin to say, I know who you are, but this is 10 years later. And at that minute, they say, I did something terrible 10 years ago. I stole from you. I have been guilty all my life. I am strong enough now as a person to come back and say, I'm sorry, here's your $10 back. And if you're any kind of a growing person, you'd say, ah, Come in, sit down and have tea with me. Who are you today? Paradox is an enormous transformational tool from that third dimension into the fifth dimension where you're about well-being, and gratitude, co-creation, cooperation, laughter. Laughter doesn't, gratitude doesn't exist in third dimension. You're too much in fear and, and reaction to play the third dimensional game and step into laughter. So you do move in and out of these dimensions, but now it's time to move out of that third dimensional reality. Very interesting. So kind of related to the relationship and the moving up of vibration and dimension, Megan and I have both experienced um, people in our lives, acquaintances really, where we, if we think about them or we're around them, we feel that like higher love feeling. And it's not necessarily to them. It's just that particular person might spark that in us. And yes. yeah, do you, what is that about? Because it's, it's confusing here, right? Because we don't associate with those people in that typical way. But yeah, what is that about, you know? <laughs> See, the real love doesn't exist outside of you. I, well, I don't know. That's, let me say it another way. Your love, as you experience it, see, what you experience is, I love me. So love isn't really something you give. Something, love is something you reflect. Or love is something you project. Not as a giving, but when you think about it, when you're around somebody who's 
smart and funny and kind and and really begins to make things work. How do you feel when you're around that person? It's, you kind of get uplifted. It's really enjoyable being in this person's presence. So when you have that experience with somebody else, there is some aspect of them that they hold, whether they're reflecting it at the moment or amplifying it at the moment. But I see me when I see you. And all of a sudden, I like me in your presence. And so what you're really feeling is you're seeing the beauty and the loveliness and the wonderfulness in that little slice of somebody else that you just say, I, I really like you. I can, you know, can I just rub up against you? I really kind of enjoy you. I don't want anything. I just, I feel good when I'm with you. And they're going, oh, I don't get it. I'm just somebody. That you, You're seeing yourself in their beauty, whether there's somebody in Skid Row or whether there's somebody in magnificent elegance. Strip away all the trappings. You're seeing the person, the essence of the person that is the reflection of the essence of you. Yeah, it's really neat. Um, when I write or, you know, create art from that place of being activated like that, it it comes out better than it does. So I'm just connecting with my own love in that moment. And, and whatever I do with that feeling, if I create something while I'm feeling like that, it, it has that vibration as well. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm aware of myself as a creator creating and I love me and I'm looking for that beauty and that excitement that is available to reflect back to me. <clears throat> and what about the, you know, the human part experience of, of that? You have that beautiful connection and, and you're feeling that, that reflection. And, but sometimes if that other person, doesn't get it, like you said, like, well, I'm just a normal person here. Um, you, you can like miss that person or, or want a more human connection. Is there a, a way to, are we just to channel this energy creatively and, and forget about the, the regular relationship part of it? You know, if, well, if that other person doesn't want to connect in the same way. Well, it depends on how you're defining relationship. Are you, you know, intimate, sexual, loving, you know, marriage? If, if that's the definition of relationship, then everybody's not going to fit this, the mold. If mm -hmm. it's something where you can just, uh, you know, think about it as you go to a coffee shop and you're sitting there and you strike up a conversation and it's a great conversation with somebody you don't know. And they said, gee, it was really nice to meet you. I've got to drive off to Phoenix right now. Have a nice life. And they leave you. Mm -hmm. But how did that, How I mean, you feel wonderful. It's like, wow, that was really great. The feeling isn't out there. The feeling mm -hmm. is here. So really, these relationships, oh. loving and marriage and all kinds of expanded Sometimes it's just one of those various ranges. And where people I watch get confused is, well, I like you here, so therefore 
being all these other things. And then all of a sudden there's disappointment, expectations and, and anger and frustration. And it's like, no, you are wonderful. And in this one connection, I have you. I like you at work, but would I hang out with you outside of that one space? Not really. Are you interesting to me and all the, you know, we talk about sewing and I like sewing and then you, but you love bowling and you love, it's like, no, thank you. It's not of interest to me. So do I want to bring that person fully into my life because I like them in one little sliver and I don't really dislike them in their other slivers. They're just not interesting to me in that sliver. So can I be your friend right here? but not need to have you engaged in my life in other places. And, and that's perfectly okay. Mm -hmm. That's a very different script than, well, wait, I don't like bowling. So I'm, I'm, I'm really being bored by what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I see you had a good time. It doesn't interest me. Well, how about just being interested in their excitement? Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a form of unconditional love. Honestly, it is. It is very much. So I know that you have an online course, uh, or many of them actually. Um, how is your book different than the online course? Because probably some of our listeners have done some of your online work. Um, what can they kind of expect from the book? So the course is bigger. The book itself, just reading the book, is very, very uh, full of information and guidance. And the thing about the book is it was written, it's not written by, it's written by us in alignment with the Archangelics, the Lords of Light, the Ascended Masters. But what you experience is their presence in the reading of the book. So you feel the book and you feel the information and you feel the shifting of the words as they unfold. Um, there is a lot of conversations that I've had with uh, Metatron and Yeshua and Mother Mary and Anna, the mother of Mother Mary, the Magdalens, plural, there are more than one Mary Magdalens, Kathumi, Gabriel, all of them. Those are transcribed conversations that are in the book that basically say, here, this is what we would like the next segment to be about. Here's how it works. My job is to translate it into a teaching at a stepped down vibrational level so it's understandable. That's all in the book. It's also in the course and the conversations are audible. You listen to them. They are not in the book. Yeah, and your course, so level one is available all the time, right? It's, it's just a collection of pre-recorded things that people can jump into. Yeah, level one is about 14 hours of me talking to you on video and, and say, close your eyes, do this, what happened? There's another five hours of specific kind of weekend classes directed to the level one people. There are Q&As. People ask a lot of questions. They're all level one. Level one is a very inexpensive $75 course. Well, I think it's about to go on sale for $75. It's $125. But you do level one and we, you, you, your life changes. 
Excellent. Well, Jim, this has been really amazing. And I can definitely tell people this is much more than a book. I definitely feel it every time I pick it up and um, you'll get all of it. You'll be able to understand what's happening right now. You'll get the story of the fall of consciousness. So things make a little bit more sense if you're feeling confused and uh, you'll definitely get that higher dimensional energy that is coming right from these ascended masters and, and more and it's just wonderful to be in your presence. So thank you so much for joining us, Jim. Well, it's my pleasure to be in your presence. Thanks for having me. I enjoy, enjoy looking at you, do what you're doing, and where you're all going. It's quite lovely. Well, thank you. Is there any parting word that you'd like to give to our audience? You know, the, the world is changing, and it's changing very, very rapidly right now. This is a shifting transition. So what has been is in a way falling away and what is coming is both remarkable and challenging in the next 15 years and having a sense of yourself and being able to navigate on your terms is really the whole purpose of all the mastering alchemy work it's about you being able to enjoy and enjoy what's available and step off the train tracks as you're watching the train approaching and enjoying the breeze as the train goes by rather than going, oh my God, oh my God, what do I do? And getting hit by the train. So this is a challenging time and an extraordinarily exciting time to evolve spiritually and in a body right now. And it's why you came here. Indeed. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Jim's and Roxanne's new book, Tools to Shift, Transform, and Ascend, A Course in Mastering Alchemy, is available now. So go grab your copy. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, Jim. Blessings.